Now we're thinking today about modelling godly character. Now when we put the whole series together of fruitfulness on the front line, I didn't know this was going to be the day that we were going to give thanks for little Thaddea. But it seems to fit the theme so wonderfully well. Because we want to be a people who model the very character of the life of God who lives in us. One of the things that I remember from years ago was this lovely statement from Alan Redpath. He died in 1989, but he said this at a Filey crusade back in 1983. And he said this, the conversion of a soul is a miracle of a moment. It is. The moment you put your life in the hands of God and you believe him for the salvation that he offers to you in and through the death and resurrection of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You're converted, you're turned the right way up to begin to live as God wants you to live and enjoy life as God wants you to live it. But, said Alan Redpath, the manufacture of a saint is the task of a lifetime. Yes, we're saved in a moment, but we're saved to go and show our Saviour to start living fruitful on our front lines, as we're calling it this morning, to model godly character, so that there's true evidence for what we say we believe. It's a beautiful thought. Not every Christian has been called to preach. Not every Christian has been called overseas. Not every Christian has been called to lead Sunday school or teach in small groups. But every single Christian has been called to be holy. To model godly character as we're thinking about it. To set before those that we come into contact with, wherever we are, whatever we happen to be doing, a model, an example of Christ-likeness. I love the way that one of uh, Jesus' friends put it in his little letter, John. John says, whoever claims to live in Jesus must walk as Jesus did. Isn't that lovely? It's one thing to make the claim, I'm a Christian. It's another thing altogether to model it in a way that other people can see that you are. That's why Ahelius, Anchor, children need parents. Not to tell them what to do, so much as to show them how to live. Not to force Christ on them, but to model Christ to them. Not to nail them for their wrongs, but to nurture them to do right. That's why darkness needs the light. Not just to reveal the dirt, but to revel in delight, pun intended. Not just to oppose the bad, but to applaud the good. Not just to highlight failure, but to high-five success. That's why front lines need all of us. Not to Bible bash, but to lovingly live. Not to make much of ourselves, but much of our Saviour. Not to be a great embarrassment to the Lord, but to be a godly example in the Lord for the Lord. That's what we're focused on. Modelling godly character 
if I can put it in kind of motto form, we're here to show who we know, where we go. Yo? (laughs) I won't get you to do it because I know you'll be embarrassed. But you remember that. We're here to show who we know, where we go. Yo. (laughs) Okay, it's a bit too kind of hip-hop for some of you, but there you go. Don't be like the father who once asked his son, do you know why they call me a Christian boy? And his little lad looked to his dad, he said, well, probably dad, because they don't know you. (laughs) That's not a good testimony, is it? It's not a good testimony. No. I was reading about a lady whose daughter was making some noise in church, and uh, the mother leaned over to the daughter, and she shushed her little girl. She said, shh. I want to hear the sermon. Well, later in the week, as they were going into town, they saw the pastor going into a shop. And the mother said to the little girl, do you know who that is? She said, yeah, that's the sermon. (laughs) That's the sermon. Please, God. You know, it's my prayer. When it comes to modeling godly character, that our lives are not seen to destroy our credibility. That when people look at us, they say, that's the sermon. That's the message. That's the life. That's the hope. That's the heart. Modeling godly character. Do you know, can I say something here? Because I I sometimes feel periodically I have to say it because I, I meet so many people on my front lines at different times who have been wounded or hurt or disillusioned by people that say that they're believers but are not modeling godly character. And, and you might be somebody here this morning that actually has had a bad experience of, of God because he was reflected in the life of somebody who, in your eyes, had no credibility for what they did. Well, I can't apologize for everybody. But I hope that if you've had that kind of bad experience, you'll put it to one side and recognize that there are those of us who clearly who can't model Christ perfectly. But it's hypocrisy that God hates. We all mess up. But if we're trying to be the right person in the right way, God can bless that. But if we're trying to fool people that we're something that we're not, it does do damage. And if you've been hurt by it, I'm sorry for that. But we need to be the sermon. That's why Paul says, and we're going to focus a little bit on this this morning, follow my example. Follow my example. Why? As I follow the example of... Christ. I think example is so important. That's why this morning, as we've stood together with the Helios and Anchor, as they dedicated themselves to bringing up little Thaddeus in the Lord, we did it because we know that example is important. We know the value of modeling godly character, that the best way for a child to learn about God is to know real Christians is to watch real Christians. The best way for a child to discover the power of prayer is to have parents that pray. It's the best way to do it. The best way for a child to appreciate the importance of Christian fellowship is for mum and dad to bring them to church, to model for them what the Lord would have them see so that they can become in due season who the Lord would have them be. 
modelling godly character. I ought to say this, Ahelius, for you and Anchor too. It's not ultimately your responsibility, the choices that little Thaddy will grow up to make. But in the end, those choices do recognise potentially that the best way for her to have a good spiritual health and to make choices that are going to count and really do matter to the good of her own life and to the blessing of other people that she will know is for mums and dads to check their own hearts, to check their own values, to check their own standards, to check their own goals first because our children are always watching us even when we least expect them to be. Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course you do. It's quite a challenge, isn't it? But Paul says, follow my example, but only as I follow the example of Christ. I think as a pastor, the best gift that I can give my congregation, and I I say this, as a challenge to myself, but I believe it. The best gift that I can give you is the gift of my holy life. That if I don't practice what I preach, the sooner you get rid of me, the better. I, I, don't, I don't say that in any high-minded way. I say it because I genuinely believe, not that I don't get things wrong, not that I don't mess up, not that I don't make mistakes, but the goal and the ambition of every one of us ought to be to model godly character. Because people notice us more for what we do than what we actually say. That's why I always get you to wake the person up next to you to tell them that. (laughs) We need it once in a while, don't we? So let me just underline a few quick things here, and they will be quick, and I want you to be encouraged with this. The first will be slightly longer than the second, and then as it goes down the line, because I don't want you to get too disheartened. But first of all, notice notice here in what Paul says to the Corinthian church, and I've only taken one line of one verse really to interpret what Kevin read to us from Colossians, because we haven't got that much time. Notice that it's personal. Modeling godly character is personal. Paul says, follow my example, as I follow the example of Christ. Modeling godly character is for us all individually so that we can let the life of Christ flow in us in order for the life of Christ to flow out of us on our front lines. He says to the Philippians, join with others in following my example and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. It's great to have people that you can look to who are examples of godly character. But they're only examples of godly character that you can follow when they themselves, like Paul, are following the Lord himself. You get that? That's what Paul's trying to encourage us with. He's not saying that he's perfect. We know he's already told these Philippian believers that he's not obtained everything that he hopes to be. Even the Apostle Paul says, I've not managed it yet. But he says, I've got this one ambition of my heart to press on and take hold of it. And that's what God looks at, the heart. He's looking at the ambition of our heart more than he's looking at the achievement of our hands. All Paul's doing here is making the point that his personal goal to follow Jesus is something that we all ought to do personally and that we're only to follow him in as much as he's following Christ himself. Paul could never have made anybody a follower of Christ 
but he could follow Jesus in such a way that they could see the difference Jesus had made to him and want to follow him too. Yeah? That's what he's trying to encourage us with. It is personal. It is personal. Modeling godly character. The very least on our front lines, we can let people know whose side we're on. <laughs> I remember the lady in the Second World War, French lady, came out when the Germans invaded their land, came out to attack the Germans with a frying pan. Her husband said to her, what on earth are you doing, silly woman? You're never going to fight them off with a frying pan. She said, I don't care. At least I can tell them whose side I'm on. <laughs> it's true. Modeling godly character has got to be personal. Nobody can do it for you. You have to have the heart and the ambition to want to do it for yourself. And you can only do it as Christ empowers you to do it. That's why Mark Green was telling us there, in Christ you're a new creature. So as a new creature you've got new capacity. The old has gone, the new has come. The life that you're there to model is the very life within you. I was thinking about this. You know, you know when it's th- those of you who've got computers, I'm sorry if you haven't got a computer, but it was what came to me because I was working on my computer at the time. Because I found this a great encouragement. <laughs> because as I said to you last week, we're not here to grit our teeth and be determined to try and model godly character in our own human weakness. That's an impossibility. The very life we're here to model is the life that we have within us. And you know when you're working on a piece of work on your computer, if you want to print that bit of work off, you first of all, what have you got to do? You've got to send it to the printer, haven't you? You've got to make that transmission before you can print out what it is you want to read. And in Christ, God has, if I can put it this way, by his Holy Spirit, he's downloaded into us, transmitted to us, his very life of holiness. And it's that life of holiness that he now calls us to put on display. It's not a resource we haven't got. It's in us by his spirit. And so as we seek to model it and to show it, the evidence for it, which Paul talks about in Galatians 5 as being the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it begins to be seen and discovered by others. But only as the Holy Spirit comes to us We're equipped to be the model that God wants us to be for him. You can't have sanctification, live like Christ, until first of all you've got salvation, you know Christ. You you, you understand this? It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But when you know salvation, the evidence of the fact you have been saved is by the way... You live out the life of God within you. And people can see that he's changing you. Day by day, moment by moment. And who will spot it first? Those on your front lines. In your home. In your places of work. In the teams that you play for. At the gym where you work out. All of those things. That's why in Colossians, what Kevin read to us, he begins by telling us, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves you can't show yourselves to be my disciples that's what he means when he says clothe yourselves until you're my holy loved children because it's children who by their very nature reflect their parents you look at little Thaddea here I didn't want to say but we've all got an opinion 
Who does she most look like, mum or dad? Well, there's a little bit of both in there somewhere, isn't there? But it's one of those lovely things we do as families, isn't it? Oh, he's got his dad's nose. She's got her mum's chin. You know, we love to do that kind of thing. But we recognise that true children reflect the likeness of their parents, don't they? That's why Paul says, it's personal, follow my example, imitate me as I imitate the Lord. And Paul puts it like this, you take off one set of clothes, you put on a new set of clothes, and it's personal, because quite honestly, you can't be wearing somebody else's clothes, can you? Not at the same time. (laughs) You can't be doing that, can you? You can't be bringing up someone else's child. You can't be doing somebody else's job. You can't be living somebody else's life for them because modelling godly character is personal. And that's what we've been set apart in the Lord to do. Now the second thing here, says Paul, is not only personal, it's practical. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. As I imitate Christ. That's a very practical thing to do. It's not something that you do in theory. It's something that you do in practice. I could tell you, couldn't I, that I've got a great act of mimicking this person and this person. You know, I can change my voice to sound like this person. And I could say all of that to you and it would sound wonderful and you couldn't wait for me to get started. But if I can't deliver on the goods... There's no practical appreciation of it, is there? I'd never get a job doing it. This is very practical, says Paul. We are to be an example. We are to imitate who we know so that others can see that Christ is real and alive in us. I love the way that the message puts it in the version of what Kevin read to us. God says, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. I love that. That's a translation of clothe yourselves. Dress in the wardrobe God has picked out for you. Isn't it lovely to know that, you know, you've got a God who picks out the clothing for you to wear? Some of us have got wives to do that. (laughs) In the normal everyday living. But in our goal, our ambition... To press on and take hold of that for which God has taken hold of us. God is our designer. And he dresses us in that which he knows is going to bless us and be a blessing to others through us. And we recognize a lot of people by what they wear, don't we? You can recognize a military man by his uniform, can't you? You can recognize a, a medical personnel in a hospital by their scrubs can recognise what team a sports person plays for or even what sport they're playing by the uniform or the kit that they've got on. And even in some churches, they're still able to recognise their pastor by the robes that they wear. Wouldn't I look good in robes? (laughs) Some of you are not saying anything at that point, but that's okay. That's absolutely right. But what does the Lord want for us? He wants to dress us in what he's picked out for us. You know, I found it interesting. I was uh, flicking around some channels the other night and I came across the, uh, I don't know even what channel it is, but it was a channel that was uh, there on the red carpet with some of the uh, 
actors and actresses that have been nominated for the Oscars this year walking down the red carpet? They love to do that, don't they? Walk down the red carpet and, you know, I think the Oscars is coming up. Must be pretty soon, I guess, as the nominations have been out there. And when they go in for the Oscar ceremony, of course, they'll walk down that red carpet again. What I found interesting from the interviewer that I was listening to, that when these big film stars came down the red carpet, the question was not, what are you wearing? That's often what parents have to say to their children. (laughs) What are you wearing? (laughs) But their question was, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Interesting that, isn't it? One of the actresses said to the interviewer, said, well, well, if I have to tell you, it's not worth telling you. So you'd often spent a lot of money, you know, wearing somebody's designer dress, and really somebody in the know ought to be able to tell what's a McCartney and what isn't. I don't know, it's not my field. But it is, it is when it comes to God's word, because modelling godly character, representing our designer and our saviour, and I hope people don't have to ask us, who's dressed us like this? That should be pretty obvious. Paul says, we're dressed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with each other, forgiving whatever grievances we have against one another, putting on love which binds them all together in perfect Unity. Isn't that lovely? You ever seen a model come down the catwalk wearing something that there's no practical use of whatsoever? You think, I'm never ever going to be able to wear that. There's no practical application at all. But here, says Paul, modeling godly character is practical. How more practical can you get as you follow the example of Christ? You're compassionate. I mean, doesn't that meet the need of every situation that we find ourselves in, whatever the front line is? Do you know somebody that was hurting or distressed or down that didn't need some compassion? To be able to model that for somebody else, I think is absolutely essential. I think of that little boy who climbed up on the lap of his next-door neighbour whose wife had just died. And when that little boy's mother said to him, what were you doing on our next-door neighbour's lap? What were you saying to the man? The little boy said, nothing. I was just sitting there helping him to cry. That's compassion. Now you tell me, does that ever go out of fashion? Does that kind of compassion ever go out of fashion? No, it doesn't, because we all need somebody who can sit with us and help us to cry or to learn the lessons through the mistakes that we've made. And we've all got a front line where those things come into play. What about kindness? Does that ever go out of fashion? Does any one of us here ever feel that we'll be better off, for lack of a word, a kindness or a deed that blesses us? Of course not. It's always in fashion. We need to be kind people because we live in a harsh world. And I think if we can model kindness, something of the love of Christ will come across to people. What can be more practical than that? I think a little act of kindness can produce large results. I love the way that Esther Walker puts it for the older people. She loves this little poem. If you're a little bit older here this morning, be encouraged with this. It's a word of true kindness. Blessed are they who understand my faltering step and palsied hand. 
Blessed are they who know today my ears must strain to catch what they say. Blessed are they who never say you've told that story three times today. Blessed are they who know the way to bring back memories of yesterday. Blessed are they with cheery smile who've stopped on their way to chat a while. Blessed are they who ease the days on my journey home with loving ways. Never too young in a home, never too old in another home to hear that word of kindness. Should that ever go out of fashion? Not for those who are seeking to model godly character because it's a reflection of the true life of Christ within us. Maybe this week God wants to dress you in that particular garment. Get you to smile at somebody you don't even know. Look at somebody in the eye when you say, how are you? Hold a door open for someone. Look for something to affirm in them. Let somebody go ahead of you. Share your expertise without charging a penny. And then there's humility. To consider others better than yourselves. Not to resent it when somebody is honoured above you. Not to get upset when someone thinks less about something than you might do. Not to feel something is wrong if it's not done in the way that you would have done it. To have that genuine sense of humility. Does that ever go out of fashion? Isn't that practical? This is not theology that's above our heads. This is right down at the incarnational level where what we know we've got to show because wherever we go, we want to model godly character. Oh God, give me the humility to be able to do that, to be less selfish and more selfless. I tell you, on the front line, when a husband is humble, he sacrifices his wants for his wife's need. When a mother is humble, she isn't annoyed by having to give up her own plans and agenda for the sake of her child. When a player is humble, it's the team that matters most, not the fact they scored. And when a Christian is humble... They think of others before themselves, just like Jesus. I'm nearly through. Don't be like the pastor who said he had a wonderful sermon on humility, but was just waiting for a congregation big enough to preach it. (laughs) Now, we can go on, and I'm not going to go on, but if you look at this wardrobe, there's gentleness. Gentleness. Read the book. (laughs) You know, I've tried to take themes that are from the book, but not actually giving you the chapters as they are. But I did like the story of Mark Green here in Gentleness. He tells of somebody who he saw as a wicket keeper. No matter how hard the ball was thrown at that person, no matter how hard the criticism or how harsh it was, it always came back a lot gentler than it came to him. I love that, don't you? People say a hard word to you. You know, don't rise to the bait. You know, a soft answer turns away anger, says the Bible. Whatever comes at you, send it back softly. Send it back with a tender heart. Send it back with the love of Jesus. Gentleness, patience. You exercise that every week here, and I can see you dressed in it again this morning. Forbearance. Bear with one another. Forgiveness. Don't lock yourself up in the prison that Christ died to set you free from and put on love which binds them all together in unity. Love is the undergarment of all our virtues. 
I tell you, I am patient with you because I love you and want to forgive you. I am kind to you because I love you and I want to help you. I do not envy your possessions or your gifts because I love you and I want the best for you. I do not boast about my attainments because I love you and I want to hear about yours. I'm not proud because I love you and I want to esteem you ahead of myself. I'm not rude because I love you and I care about your feelings. I'm not easily angered by you because I love you and I want to overlook your offences. I do not keep a record of wrongs because I love you and love covers a multitude of sins. This is practical. This is personal. Time has gone. Take it home with you, but follow it through carefully. It's perpetual. It's not something you do one day. It's something you do every day. You model godly character. And sometimes on your front lines like the ogre that Louise had to work with, sometimes you want to give it up. Sometimes you want to go a different path. Paul says, follow my example as I follow. It's in the present continuous tense. I follow, I am continuing to follow. I am keeping on, keeping on when it comes to modelling godly character, no matter the difficult situation at work, no matter the hassle at home, no matter even the conflict in church sometimes. Whatever people do to me, I'm going to display a likeness to Christ in the way that I am to them. And then last of all, it's profitable because when you follow, when you follow Christ, it has to be profitable because the Lord will never lead you where he knows it's not going to be an ultimate blessing to you. Amen? Sometimes it's going to be costly. Sometimes it's going to be painful. Sometimes you're going to take you down a path you don't want to go. And mum and dad, sometimes your children are not always going to be where you leave them. (laughs) They're not always going to do what you want them to do. Sometimes they're going to come back with things that you wouldn't want them to say. But you never give up, do you? Because as you follow Christ... Model him. I promise you it's going to lead ultimately to blessing. Not only for you, but for the people that you love. Amen. It's so easy to look at other people and see the way that they've let us down. To criticize what's not happening to us. Yeah? I do it. You're more spiritual than I am, but let me talk to myself at least. It's so easy to do that, isn't it? And yet when I feel that I want to do that, I have to come back to my source, come back to my hope, come back to my Lord, and say, Lord, before you change them, please start that change in me. Follow Christ's example and be as sure as Paul was that when you follow his example, when others follow you, you're not going to lead them down the wrong path and cause more bitterness and hurt and upset than they've already had. Let's pray. Father, for your word we give you thanks. We're all in different set of clothes this morning, Lord. Some of us are dressed up, some of us are dressed down, doesn't matter. Because you don't look at the outward, you look at the heart. It's what we're wearing from the heart that counts. And we pray that you dress us in all those lovely attributes of Jesus that speak forth the fruit of a life that knows you. 
Lord, some of us are completely naked this morning before you. You've laid our sins bare. And we ask your forgiveness. We ask you to come into our lives and remold us and remodel us and make us like Jesus as you forgive our sins and bring us into relationship with yourself. Some of us have allowed those wonderful clothes of his likeness to get a little bit ragged, to get a little bit worn, to get a little bit dirty. Lord, help us to go through your spin cycle that all that needs still to change in us to become like Christ will be open to, however long the process takes. Keep us faithful, keep us trusting, and turn us one day after another into a likeness of Christ that allows us to model godly character because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.